You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's Thursday, November the 29th, and I'm Jim Hedger from metamen.com, and I'm joined by Dave Davies from beanstalk-inc.com. Dave, how are you doing this gorgeous pre-winter morning? <laughs> I'm doing just great. The weather, uh, as you point out, is uh, you know leaves a little something to be desired, but not too bad. At least it's uh, it's not raining, and you know we're from the one part of Canada that doesn't really get snow, so it could be worse. Well, yeah. Look at the bright side, dude. I mean, like you know, we could live in Chicago, right? <laughs> Where actually we will be living for part of next week. Um, you know, it could have been Chicago, it could have been Vegas, I guess in your case. In my case, it happened to be Chicago. <laughs> yeah, nice uh, nice, nice choices. Now, I'm thinking Chicago, August, San Jose, uh, right about now. <laughs> Actually, you know what, man? I was in Chicago in August for, uh, for ad tech at the beginning of August, and it was hot. Yeah. It was, I mean, you know what? It's going to be nicer there at negative, at, uh, what do the Americans call it? 28 degrees. Then it was um, at 28 degrees Fahrenheit. Then it was at 28 degrees Celsius in uh, the summer. It was hot and awful. Oh. But we got a great show. We got a great show. We got uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about SES Chicago and probably touching on a little bit about uh, PubCon in Vegas. But um, we got some great guests today, Dave. We have uh, Rebecca Kelly from SEOmoz.org and um, Clayton Stark from Flock.com, a social media startup um, based actually based here in Victoria, BC. Um, so what do we want to jump in first? Jump in. Well, first. you know what? Why don't we jump in? I know you've got, uh, you've got a bit of a rant and it tied in nicely with mine, but I will let you, uh, let you go first, uh, on, uh, on some issues you found, uh, with the meta site or rather with somebody else's site. Oh yeah, man. You know, I'm spending my afternoon today. I'm spending oh. my afternoon writing up DMRC, uh, copyright infringement. Uh, uh, complaints to Google and to Yahoo and to Ask and to MSN and anybody else who will listen because uh, some company um, 
I mean, I, I, I guess they say that, that imitation is the sincere, sincerest form of flattery. I just wish it didn't piss me off so much, because some company in China has gone and copied, line for line, the uh, MetaMend website. Um, they call Okwu, O-K-W-O-O.com, and they're, um, again, they're based in China, and they've changed, uh, they changed a little bit of the text to reflect that they work with Baidu, um, something that, that we at MetaMend will do, but don't do as often. Um, we certainly don't advertise that we do, because we do speak Mandarin, um, but these guys do, and they've stolen our site uh, line for line, and so I have to spend my afternoon proving it. What a waste of time. Seriously, I mean, like, in the time it's going to take me to prove it, these guys could have coded their own damn website. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly uh, exactly what you're, what you're talking about. And yeah, it was back, uh, back uh, just uh, about a week ago, I put up a huge post and found the same thing, uh, same thing to our site, six sites. You know, it was just from a quick look that had uh, been, been ripping off our content. And, uh, so well, I, you actually you, I, you put up a really a really interesting blog post on that um, on how that might affect you as a, with duplicate content penalties. What, what do you think about that? Um, I'm not at this stage because they came so late after. Uh, like I've been, you know, of course, like like any of us, uh, been checking periodically since since the launch of the site, looking for duplicate content. Occasionally, I'd find it from one of our articles, but uh, it's only recently that I've seen people actually stealing massive amounts of content from our homepage services guarantee page, uh, you know, the, the really key core pages of, of the site. Um, and so with that delay, I certainly haven't seen it affect our, our rankings at all. Um, I have been reporting them, and yeah, it looks like I may have to have to follow suit with, uh, with what you're doing. I was hoping that contacting them, contacting the engines might get it dealt with, but uh, that doesn't appear to work. Um, so, yeah, it, it appears that we may have to, uh, you know, follow suit and, uh, and, and really pursue the, the copyright aspect of things. So, um, yeah, and as, uh, as you point out, what an enormous waste of time that is. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, just, it really ticks me off. I mean, I, I could be doing more important and fun stuff, like preparing for tonight's floor hockey game. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I want to jump into the, the section with, uh, with Rebecca Kelly from SEO Moz, but before we, before we do, I want to uh, note something else that, that uh, the company, one of the companies I'm working for, metamen.com, is, uh, is doing, and I want to challenge other companies, other people who are listening to the show today. Um, we, as, as the listeners can probably tell by our, by our accent and our bizarre sense of humor, we're Canadians, Dave and I are. We live in uh, Western Canada, and as, as you all know, Hockey is everything up here. Hockey is like hockey is like religion to Canadians. And so, um, to raise money for the food bank, uh, the company I work with, MetaMen.com, has organized a local hockey tournament with a bunch of the tech firms in uh, in, in Victoria. And um, with this one tournament, it's happening on Sunday down at the Boys and Girls Club. So anybody from the the Victoria or South Island region who's listening, please show up to uh, 10 a.m. Boys and Girls Club on Yates Street. Bring a donation of money or a can of food for the food bank. Folks, with eight teams, we've raised $5,000 one day. Four hours of, of painful fun. Unfortunately, I won't be able to be there because I'll be flying to Chicago. But four hours of painful fun. Now, if you play indoor soccer, if, you, if you're in a place where you can play baseball right now or basketball or whatever, get a bunch of companies together from your, uh, from your local area and um, you know, take advantage of the, of the holiday spirit and start raising money for charity, having fun, doing some business networking in your community. But, again, more importantly, get out there and do something for the, for the last fortunate this season and uh, 
get some of the, the companies in your area to, to help you out and challenge them too. This way we all win. I think that's a great call, Jim. Great call and, and definitely worth noting and, uh, and hats off to MetaMen for, for taking the initiative on that one and, and getting it done. Of course, you might want to ask me uh, tomorrow when I'm in, in 10 or 11 shades of pain how I feel about all this. But, <laughs> um, but you know what? It's fun and it's worth it. Any, any pain that any of us get from this, any injuries we get, it's worth it because we're feeding people. And that's what it's all about, eh? Indeed, indeed. And hunger pain is worse. Um, yeah, and you know what? Speaking of speaking of feeding people, let's feed their minds. Let's get one of the the most brilliant and beautiful and wonderful and excellent people in the SEO industry on the line right now. We have Rebecca Kelly from SEO Moz. How you doing, Rebecca? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. How was that for an intro? <laughs> Very nice. I'm, I'm assuming you just use the intro you were going to use for Rand, and then just swap the names <laughs> out, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to talk a lot about the beard and stuff, but and the, the beard and the shoes. But um, you know, with 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 all love and respect, um, none of us have the the, the beard Rand does. This is true. It's quite a beard he has. Yeah, it's funny actually. You know, this is my chance to. I, I saw Rand a couple of weeks ago in Edmonton at the EPR party, and this is uh, my chance to say thanks to uh, to Ken and to Matt and the EPR crew for throwing such a grand gig. Would have said it last week, but we got preempted by by Thanksgiving. Um, Rebecca, we're talking about social media today. We have, uh, later on in the show, and I'm hoping you're able to stick around for it, we have, um, a social media browser called Flock.com. But before getting into, into what people are doing to, uh, facilitate access to social media, I want to talk about advertising in and using the social media space. What are, um, what are your thoughts on, on Facebook and MySpace and, uh, various opportunities in, in social media? I think the opportunities are definitely rising, um, especially Facebook. MySpace, I think it's getting a little, people are getting a little keen on the obvious uh, advertising efforts. You need to be a little more subtle on MySpace um, just because of the rampant amounts of spam going on on that site nowadays. But Facebook, with all the applications that you can create and implement um, and you know how you can creatively tag people, I just think that a lot of marketers are getting kind of savvy on Facebook and trying to figure out ways to to get their image and their brand and their advertising out there without kind of ugly, uglifying the site, so to speak, MySpace style. Now, what uh, I mean, open social, fairly fairly new-ish kind of uh, kind of launch at this point. Do you think it is any sort of um, any sort of challenge uh, to something? I mean, we all know Facebook's growing hugely. Um, you know, there's a Microsoft purchase, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think that, that open social does pose some sort of threat? Um, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would call it a threat per se. I just think it's kind of changing the, the pace of things and kind of requiring people to get a little more thoughtful and savvy about doing things a little bit more unconventionally. Now, um, Danny Sullivan had, had written a, well, sort of a, a report on, on, on open social. Um, had brought up a, a really good point that I hadn't thought of previously, which is um, basically this is this is Google um, basically in a way getting social sites um, to make their their information more public. Um, now, is this going to then sort of push Facebook to take the only thing that they really have of any significant value, like their biggest asset, um, and is it now going to to push Facebook to to do the same thing? Um, do you think, from that standpoint, there is any sort of any sort of threat to Facebook, or do you think that Facebook can 
themselves will, will you know could sort of counter back legitimately and say, well, why don't you give a, make your search index a little more uh, a little more open and transparent to people? <laughs> uh, nice question. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if Facebook really feels the threat. I think that they're establishing themselves as a, a pretty solid player in this in this field, and I think um, I don't know if they're going to say, well, you know. Make your make your search a little better, you know, or, or counterback with that. But I I think that they definitely would take note of what Google's doing and and then just kind of tweak what they're doing accordingly. You know, I I don't think it's going to be a serious threat thus far, but um, you know, I don't think that they're going to be ignoring it completely either. Well, speaking of um, threats to Facebook, it, it looks like Facebook might cave a little bit on privacy concerns or concerns around Beacon. Um, what do you think about that? Um, well, yeah, I think that I've been reading a lot of uh, increasing reports about privacy concerns on Facebook. Um, Ray Hoffman had a post a while back about an application that um, she couldn't get rid of, and then when she tried to, you know, her information was still there, even though she had opted out of it. And I think that they really need to kind of keep that in mind. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people make the argument that, you know, the web is this public sphere, and you kind of have to be careful where you're poking around because... You know, a lot of people don't realize how um, salient all the information is, but at the same time, I think Facebook has a responsibility to be a little bit more respectful of people's privacy as well, and that it's kind of not just a one-way street. It's something that they need to be um, taking into consideration, as well as the users. You know, the users can't be completely ignorant to the fact that, you know, only my friends can see my my information, and, and I trust Facebook to, you know, be very respectful of that, you know. It's kind of a two-way street. Well, I mean, it is a two-way street. People are putting their information there, um, quite, I mean, quite willingly, quite quite happily. I, I, I noticed that a, a good friend of all of ours in the industry is no longer single. Um, and you know what? We notice when they're, when they're no longer in relationships, too. People put this information up, and they don't even think about how it proliferates. Exactly. Is, um, do you think that, that, that Facebook and, and uh, Facebook's interface are, is changing the way users approach the Internet? Um, I don't know. I think I think that it's definitely kind of opened people's eyes up to the idea that, you know, even though you're kind of hiding behind a monitor, your information that you're putting out is viewable by the whole world, essentially. And uh, I think that's kind of getting people kind of keen on that idea with all of the stories coming out about how, you know, information that you put on Yelp is going to get uploaded to Facebook, so when you have a Yelp review, your friends know you have a Yelp review on Facebook and stuff like that. And I think that, like, these little things that some people might not bother some people might um, actually kind of make other people aware that, yeah, the, the Internet is watching you and, and Facebook is also keeping track of your every move. And I don't mean that to sound really malicious or foreboding, but it is kind of an eye-opener if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you hit the. I think you hit the nail on the head. Although that does, um, you know, and I'm sure we can all agree that it has ramifications outside of, you know, just Facebook. I mean, Google has to go through the same thing with, with exactly. a lot of their personalization. And if you keep yourself logged in, and you know, are they tracking when I, you know, run a search for things I might not want the world to know I'm searching for? Right. Um, but I mean, we we spend a lot of time, and then I'm sure you do too. Um, discussing these these technical sides, but I'm sure many of our listeners may be interested in, in sort of gleaning from your experience. Um, can you maybe take us through? You, you touched on it earlier that this, it provides great opportunities. Sites like Facebook 
um, for advertisers and, and you know, individuals to, to promote themselves. Can you take us through, for, for people who may not be able to afford a, a Neil Patel or, or an SEO mod, just a, a, small, a small startup who's wanting to use social media, how would you do that through Facebook? Well, um, one tactic that Tamar Weinberg was a little bit against, um, this was mentioned in someone's presentation in SMX Social, uh, social media back in, um, I think, October in New York City. Uh, what you can do is you can tag people and, um, you know, then that notification gets uh, put on the, the homepage news feed. So, you know, if I tag Jim Hedger uh, in a photo, he'll, he'll see that and he'll click through to see what, what photo he's in or, you know, what the tag is or, or whatever. Um, so one thing you can potentially do is you can tag uh, your friends in a picture and then also tag your brand in it or something um, associated with a, a product that you're doing or a service. And tomorrow was a little bit against that because... Um, she was obviously an early adopter of Facebook, which started as a kind of a you know, like a college um, social networking platform. So she was kind of a, a traditional enabler of it, used it to kind of keep in touch with all of her college friends, and thus using it for marketing purposes is kind of a turnoff for her. Um, and I can understand that with a lot of people as well. Uh, you know how people are protective of you know, their band that they discovered before they got popular and things like that. But um, I, I see a lot of people coming in now and, and trying to use Facebook for uh, advertising means. And I think that Facebook is a little bit more cleaner and it's it's got an interface that I don't think it's going to be quite so intrusive compared to some other social media sites. You're probably right about that. That actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Lisa Barone's post on ghostwriting in blogs the other day and just how you know, the, the, the medium changes as more and more people adopt it. And I'd love to get into that in a sec. We're going to have, actually have a great chance to get into how the medium is changing as more people adopt it when we have our next guest on. And, I'm, and Rebecca, again, I'm hoping you can stick around for a few minutes with Clayton Starks from Flock.com. But before we get Clayton on, um, I'm being messaged from the studio that we have to take a break. Um, <laughs> this is Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. I'm Jim Hedger from metamen.com. We're joined with, um, with uh, Dave Davies from Beanstalk. Dash Inc.com, and we're joined by Rebecca Kelly from SEOMoz.org. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Guys, are you suffering from ED, email delivery problems? Is your email list underperforming? 
Then let JPG Mail enhance your results. We've got the best in email enhancement products on the web. Our email delivery service will enlarge and maximize the monetization of your data. JPG Mail will fulfill your needs from data acquisition, management, mailing to reporting, and give you the confidence to pick up visitors, enter a URL easily, and download suppression lists to enjoy that feeling of total satisfaction. We'll give you guys the ultimate tools, and we'll show you how to use them. Email enhancement, where you need it the most. JPGmail.com On top of the World Wide Web stands an elite class of multi-billion dollar online internet giants. Excellence and execution and exposure are key. WebmasterRadio.fm has gathered together an elite society of experts that will give you the tools necessary to move ahead of the pack. Affiliate marketing, advertising, and public relations. Find your way to the top. Check out the affiliate marketing, advertising, and public relations section on demand on WebmasterRadio.fm. Sink your team into 100% original programming. WebmasterRadio.fm And try our daily search cast. It's made fresh every day. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, welcome back to the second segment of Webcology on webmasterradio.fm for Thursday, November the 29th. This is Jim Hedger from uh, metamen.com, and I'm joined by host Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc., and by uh, Rebecca Kelly from seomaz.org. And we're all joined by Clayton Stark from flock.com, that's F-L-O-C-K.com, a social media browser startup based in uh, Mountain View, California, with development offices in Victoria, B.C. Clayton, welcome to Webcology. Hi there. Thanks. Good to be here. Um, now, before we dive into a wide-ranging uh, discussion on the social media space, why don't you why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about what Flock is, what Flock does, and, and why you guys developed it? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. Um, the main reason that we came at this is that uh, you know the browser, which is the main way we all use the internet, uh, has hasn't changed much in probably a decade or more. But obviously, the way the web is used has changed an awful lot in the last few years, with the advent of all the social networking that's going on, and uh, you know Web 2.0 coming along, and the mashups, and more and more people getting involved in social networking. The, the numbers are obviously very huge in terms of how many people uh, are using social services. We felt that it was necessary to change the browser to be able to help people get access to the people that they care about, the things that they care about, and in the spirit of a mashup, be able to give them a vehicle to use across their connected lives, because there's a lot of people that certainly use Facebook, but there's a lot more people that also use Flickr, also use Twitter, what have you. So we felt there was an obvious lack of some portal into your social world to keep your friends close to you across services. So borrowing from open source, <clears throat> excuse me, we're an open source product based on Mozilla code, and a lot of the fundamentals that come with open source, the idea is to merge the two and uh, have an open platform where you can stay close to people and basically take the people with you when you're surfing. So that's, that's what we've built. Okay, now is it, is it free for use? Is it free for download? How do people, um, how do people start using Flock and, and start integrating it in their lives? It's so easy. Flock.com is where you go. Uh, click the download button and uh, go meet your new favorite browser. 
it's that easy. So it's, it's a browser install like you would do if you adopted Firefox, same thing. You went and downloaded it, clicked install, and off you went. Uh, we're the same thing. Uh, in fact, it looks a lot like Firefox because it's built on top of Firefox. So it's uh, got all the stability and security of Firefox with all the features we've put in. And uh, one thing that's considerably different I'll mention is that uh, you don't need to use a, a bunch of disparate extensions to get all the functionality that you want for your social life online. It's all built right in there. So it's, it's pretty easy. You don't have to worry about adding this, adding that. You download, install, flash it up, import the stuff you want to from Safari, IE, Firefox, whatever you like, and bang, there's your, there's your new browser. Now, it works, I mean, it, it works for as a, as a regular web browser as well as a social media browser. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a world-class browser. It's based on Firefox, you know, right up to date with uh, 2.0010, I think, is the last patch. So we're right up to date. It's the same as Firefox and with some stuff built on top. So absolutely. First and foremost, it's a world-class browser. Now, when I, when I first heard of you guys, it was uh, actually at the um, uh, attack conference in Victoria. Um, and uh, it was just after... Um, Google had announced its open social project, and I think it was a day before um, Facebook announced its various um, advertising and, 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 and revenue generators. What do you guys think about open social, and, and what do you guys think about um, the various social media advertising advertising opportunities? Well, uh, open social is, uh, let's start with that one first because they're kind of different issues for us. Um, open social is fantastic. We love it. Uh, it's very much a, a validation of what we're doing and why we built the product that we built. Uh, it's allowing more and more social services to <clears throat> create APIs to send their social data up so that it can be mashed up in other sites or viewed, you know, in a social browser like like Flock. So uh, it, it really is a great validation of our business and our business model that you know, there's a huge focus. Uh, it isn't just uh, open social with Google upgrading their Google gadgets to this set of APIs. Uh, Yahoo has open initiatives. Obviously, Facebook, you know, really started the ball rolling with the FBML and opening up their site. So it, it's fantastic. We're at a place where we're integrating, you know, people's social behavior into one place, and at that same time, all of these giants across the industry are all adopting and acknowledging that open is the way to go. So it, it couldn't be better. I'm pleased as punch about open social. Uh, as far as the second thing goes, you know, the advertising opportunities. I guess from my view, you know, not being an advertiser and uh, search engine optimization not being our domain. Uh, where it touches us is is just the fact that the numbers are so huge. You know, we're into the hundreds of millions, at least 100 million people using uh, online social networking. So it seems pretty obvious to me that this is a place where you know, there there is a new avenue for for advertising, and uh, you know, a new set of techniques for advertising, as we're seeing with like sponsored applications as opposed to banner ads and Facebook and what have you. So I think it seems like it's a pretty hot place to be, and anybody who's involved in in search and advertising needs to really be coming up with the right strategy for how you leverage social networking to, to get your messages out in these new ways. Um, I, what was the, well, I, I've sort of got two questions. First, what was the inspiration? What made you first think, hey, here's a product, we need to develop this, this is a good idea. And then from that, um, you know, it's, it's totally free to use. Um, when you came up with this idea for this, for this product, you decided to put it out. Uh, obviously, a lot of work has, has gone into this. Um, it's a free product. What's what's at the other end of of all of this? Um, you know, what is what is the the strategy uh, of sorts? Okay. Um, well, the you know the first part of that question, what's the motivation? Um, that really is the fact that that we felt with social networking coming up all over the place, it's kind of difficult and, and frustrating 
to keep all the connections and all the different social avenues, you know, logging into all these different sites and using all these different types of services is, is, is a pretty frustrating thing. So it seemed like an obvious problem if we can bring it all together in one place and, again, across the connected life is the pitch, um, then you've got a really valuable tool. So it was pretty easy to see the, the need in the market. Uh, as far as uh, our business, are you <clears throat> basically asking me how we make money? Is that really the question? Well, sort of like, is is there a, yeah, I mean, I, I assume there must be, there must be some sort of, and I ask this, it's not pointed at you specifically, I ask this to anybody who's putting out a, a free product. <laughs> um, sort of, yeah, what, what is, what's the angle? Is, are, are we going to start seeing, basically getting at, are we going to start, after we've used this, start seeing ads dumped in and, and stuff like that? Or, um, you know, what, what is, yeah, the, the strategy there? Okay. Well, um, having a free browser is commonplace. I don't know of any that you actually ever pay for, right? Browsers are right. free. And, uh, you know, we have a variety of monetization strategies, and we're, we're very fortunate to be in the position that we're in. Um, but the main thing to fall back on is what all browsers do, which is they, they have revenue share with search engines. So you, you do your searches through your various search engines in a browser, and that browser a company monetizes those searches. They have a revenue share with, with the search provider. Perfect. And uh, we're we're no different. We have the same <clears throat> we have the same situation. We're in a bit more fortunate position in that <clears throat> you know there's people want to be part of Flock, so there's <clears throat> opportunities for additional monetization strategies. Uh, but no, uh, last time I ever saw an ad in a browser, um, you know, in the browser Chrome itself versus the web page you're viewing is uh, I remember Opera did that back in the day. Uh, you had to pay money for Opera, and they would take the ad away, and they realized that wasn't a good idea. Uh, that all predates Flock coming on the scene, but. Uh, you're not going to see uh, us pushing ads through through the browser Chrome. That's not that's not part of our strategy. Beautiful. I have a question um, uh, directed uh, to oh. Rebecca, actually. Oh, sorry, Rebecca, I had a question, to too. <laughs> um, Rebecca, really, just really quickly before you get to your question. Um, we, see, uh, we see a company like Flock developing a cross-platform browser. And I, I know that SEO Moz has been doing a lot in uh, in the social media space. Do you see cross-platform advertising coming to the social media space then? Um, yeah, I think that it's definitely a, a new venture and a new possibility if done, if done well and if it, you know, kind of just has the user in mind in terms of, like, what this person wants to do efficiently and how he wants to, to manage all the social networks. I think definitely. Well, did, um, did you have a question for Clayton? I actually did. Um, I wanted to just get an idea of what your ideal or typical user um, would do with Flock, you know, kind of um, enabling the browser and then going from there. Like, what can you kind of give us a, a brief run-through of what a user would, would start doing and kind of a typical search experience or, or how sure. it would be utilized or something like that? Uh, sure. Um, I, guess, I guess the easiest and most obvious thing is... Um, you know, the users that are, are going to get the most value are people that use social network services. So we have a, a series of supported services, and we're adding a whole bunch more. We've got uh, 15 uh, supported services when you round out all the online favorites, blogs, and media service, people service. So the, what we've done is we've just made it easy. You go into your site, say it's Facebook, you log in, and when you log in, we go and retrieve information from the APIs that are, are provided, and uh, we open up a sidebar and flow in all of your people. So that's the whole thing about keeping your people with you when you surf. Uh, basically, just log in and bang, you're done. We do all the heavy lifting for you, and you've got all your people with you in a handy little sidebar. 
And with those people, you can see when they've updated their status, when they've added new media, when they've, you know, or you can reach out to them and send them a message, what have you. This, it depends on what service, what actual facilities you'll get. Uh, but uh, in that sidebar, as you log in, you add your more services. Uh, there, there's four people services right now, Flickr, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And uh, when those people upload media, you're, you're made aware of it. So you don't have to be on site to know that activity has happened with your friends. You see it. And if it's a case of status update, you'll see the status change. And a little media icon will glow if they've uploaded new media. You click that button, and we open this other cool thing called a media bar. And the media bar streams in all the pictures uh, that the people have put up, so you're able to go and browse, see what, you know, see what uh, uh, video clips or, or see what photos have been added by your friends. And then to complete the puzzle, you know, you see a nice picture on Flickr from somebody, and your friend over here on Facebook is somebody who would probably be interested, so you grab that picture from your media bar, you drag it to your friend on Facebook, bam, they have it. Hmm. So you can go and you can drag, um, you know, a YouTube movie over to a friend on Facebook or over to a friend on, on Twitter or what have you uh, without having to visit the site, go and find the thing, save the thing, go find your friend on Facebook, embed it, what have you. We do all that for you. Basically, you drag and drop to share with your friends. It's, it's kind of one of those aha moments that once you get in there and you've, you know, you've, you've logged into one of your people services, uh, as soon as you see that, uh, whether it's a, a blog post, you can grab a blog post heading, drag it to a friend, they get that blog post. A feed, we've got a built-in feed reader, you can drag a feed over, feed goes to your friend. So basically you're dragging and dropping back and forth cross-service to share information, collect information that you care about and share it. And, you know, um, not to be like the traveling salesman, but wait, there's more. Um, you know, we've built in a lot of other things. We've got a built-in blog editor, and we've got a built-in photo uploader. So there's, uh, and I said feed reader a little earlier. So basically everything you need for the Internet to interact and publish, as well as consume media in a pretty cool way. And then, of course, the big one is sharing it all back and forth from this service to that service, this friend to that friend. It's pretty wide open what you can do with it, but the simplicity of being able to uh, find media and share that media is uh, really what the what the kicker is in Flock 1.0. Um, this seems to me like kind of a, a pretty savvy sounding uh, web browser. Do you? I mean, are you kind of seeing adoption from more um, social media minded people like SEOs and, and marketers, or do you are you hoping for kind of more widespread adoption, like from someone like my sister who you know? isn't very savvy but still is on the internet and has a Facebook profile and, and stuff like that. Well, it definitely started out with the more savvy. It was definitely mm -hmm. a Web 2.0 type of play, and our early adopters were, were definitely the Technorati class. But, uh, you know, we, we spent the time and, and effort to make things so simple that, you know, there isn't any configuration. As soon as you've logged into Flickr, bang, your, your Flickr people are there. So we've, we've kind of, we're doing that classic cross the chasm thing where, yes, we started out with, uh, with more technical early adopters, but we put something in place where the configuration's done for you and you can see the value as soon as you do what you would normally do, log into your Facebook account, for example. So we're making that, that jump into the mainstream with this 1.0 product. And we are seeing, actually, we get a lot of feedback. And, uh, you know, we, we are seeing people that, you know, this is great. My grandmother can use this now. She can never really deal with pictures, but she can one-click upload and then see my pictures, what have you. So I think we're, we're starting to see the signs of success of getting into that uh, more majority market. Now, the, the product itself, I mean, obviously sounds very cool, as, as Rebecca pointed out. Now, earlier in the show, we were discussing some of the privacy issues um, that Facebook is undergoing right now. 
Um, here we have a product that essentially can access or, or that I'm allowing to, to access all of my social media stuff. I, I'm now searching through um, through a, a sort of predefined search engine. I mean, I, know I, I can pick any of them, but like any of the, the browsers, you know, it has its, its preset. I notice in the in the example on the homepage here, it's Yahoo. Um, so I'm giving this this one company, well, your your company, access to my social media, my search history, and my browsing history. What sort of sort of safeguards do, are there in place, and, and what sort of assurances can you give users that this much information? Is nicely tucked away and, and being kept anonymous, and, and that we can we can go about our, our browsing and online activities without being concerned about um, one company gaining access to this much information about it. That's a good question, and that you know that that should be a hard question, but luckily that's a very easy question for me to answer. We don't have access to any of this stuff. We don't we don't get any of the stuff that you're using in your browser any more than any other browser does. This doesn't go to servers on flock.com. We do not collect personal information. We do not collect information from your social networking behavior. We have anonymous statistics to track usage of different feature areas, the same as every other browser does, but there is no non-anonymous information, and there's certainly no information about uh, the actual content of your media in your Flickr accounts and what have you. We don't access that. This is between you with your browser client on your computer and the Flickr service, the Twitter service, the blogger service. We don't intercept. We don't sit in the middle. We simply provide the client just like any other browser. So that part of it's quite easy. We don't see this information. We have no access to this information. And, uh, you know, we've got the comprehensive privacy policy like other browsers, and we're, we're pretty much the same. Uh, as far as security is concerned, um, we keep completely up to date with the security patches as Firefox. So we're as secure as Firefox is. And uh, some people will have you believe that Firefox is the most secure browser, uh, which means then you also believe that Flock is the most secure browser. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to comment about, you know, opinion about who's more secure, but it's, it's as world-class as it can be. You know, we, we're definitely a secure browser. And as far as access to your Facebook account, it's no different than you accessing your Facebook account from whatever, your mobile phone, Internet Explorer, and some other computer. Uh, it's, it's exactly the same paradigm. Because we work with these services that uh, provide data through APIs, you know, we, we have you know, fairly good knowledge, um, probably world-class, probably the best knowledge, frankly, about uh, how this data is being passed around. And we consume the authentication that the service provides. And uh, you know, in all cases, we, we work with these folks, and, and we may have a, a little bit of a leg up even because we are consuming this information through APIs and websites. So we're able to see if there's anything that, you know, maybe isn't the best practice here, and we can alert the service to that, or if this API is not authenticated in this way, we can work with the service on that. So we're trying to contribute to it. And the last thing I'll say, which is really, uh, for me, is the most authentic thing about, uh, you know, securing, is that we're an open source product. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty well-known phenomenon that when you open source something, the security of it is going to be increased because there's more eyes on it. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing to hack into. Here's the source code. So when we go ahead and implement uh, a social networking service integration into Flock, that integration and the consumption of their API is open source. So that makes it much more difficult for people to find ways to hack it because all the eyes in the world that care to look are looking at the source code of how this, this API is implemented. So in a way, over time, uh, as open source tends to do, that adds security because there's all eyes on it. It's wide open. Um, Clayton, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm monitoring the, the chat room on the Webmaster Radio website, and I noticed that a few people are actually checking out and installing Flock, uh, going to be testing it out. And this, 
This may be a, a redundant question on a predominantly B2B web radio station, but how's Slock marketing itself? How are you getting the word out to consumers? Well, it's been mostly word of mouth. You know, we've just released Flock 1.0, uh, came out November 1st, so we're pretty new to market with the one we finally stamped as 1.0. Prior to 1.0, it's, it's been all organic. It's been all word of mouth. And uh, the blogosphere has been, you know, been our, our greatest ally. People adopt this product. They, they love the features. They post it on their blog, and, and off we go. So uh, we, we've been, you know, viral to the degree that we're viral. You know, there's ways to share Flock with your friends once you've got your friends in there and you've logged into your accounts. And we expect that viral will continue to grow. Viral is obviously a wonderful thing. Um, but uh, when we got 1.0 out the door, there was just a tremendous response from the press. Uh, it's, it's very easy to find, you know, hundreds of articles about Flock. And, uh, you know, this stuff's obviously, it's not advertising. Uh, it is advertising in its effect, but it's not purposed advertising. This is, these are people doing reviews and saying whatever they want to say. So there's this nice word-of-mouth viral thing. Uh, we have, now that we've got 1.0 out the door, we want to kickstart. We want to keep this growth curve going. So we have put some ad placements here and there. Um, we've got some ads in the Yahoo network, and we have a sponsored group on Facebook. And those are, are supplementing. But the majority of it is organic growth, word of mouth. People read blogs. They talk to their friends. Somebody shares something in Flock, and there's a little tagline, hey, this was shared with Flock, or this was blogged with Flock. And that's working quite well for us. <laughs> um, I'm reading some of the comments, in, uh, again, in the chat room right now. And... Uh, Dylan and Mugshot suggest that Flock uh, is the best browser. You know, two thumbs up. Um, I'm also, unfortunately, I'm reading a message we're getting from the control room saying we have to go out soon because we're almost out of time. Um, Rebecca or Dave, do you do either of you have any questions for for Clayton or about Flock.com before before we head out? Um, yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to if you're able to share this information yet, but do you have any data on how many downloads um, the browser has? Have had thus far, or any ballpark figures you can share? Uh, millions. We've had millions. Of <laughs> oh, millions, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, we've had millions of downloads, <laughs> and uh, you know, we we are when I was out in the field, and we are growing, and uh, you know, we're continuing to to inject more uh, more service integrations, more quality. You know, browsers a big thing to deal with, so we're just keeping plugging more releases and and more growth. But uh, yeah, we're off to a good start. And I just like to jump in here with a with a really quick question. Obviously, you are watching this this industry, the the social media industry, very very closely. Um, yep. Just out of curiosity, what would you um, sort of see? Let's say, let's look ahead uh, six months from now. Um, are there any significant differences that you can see in your monitoring of the different trends and what different sites are doing and and how the market share is is shifting? Um, are there any trends that, that you might uh, that you might see that that maybe maybe many of our, our listeners would be interested in? Uh, well, there, there is there is the one big trend kind of smack in front of me that uh, you know these big companies and they're the biggest companies around. There's Microsoft, there's Google, there's Yahoo. Everybody is moving towards open standards, and everyone is acknowledging that social networking is certainly not a fad. Um, you know, there, there's such a huge population that's adopting this, and we see the growth is tremendous. Some sites fall away, and new sites come to replace them, but the growth overall is really tremendous. So. Um, you know, there isn't a big company you can look at in the web space that isn't working towards social and open. So this is here to stay if you're thinking in your strategies about, do I need to find a way to get my marketing message out through these social channels? Yes, you certainly do. This is Web 3.0, if you like. I mean, it's coming. It's all going to be open. It's all going to be across services. And something like what Flock has pioneered with, you know, putting it all in one place, this isn't lost on any of the big web players. So 
it is it is the coming wave. I don't know how you're going to strategize to do it, but I do definitely suggest that that's part of your strategy is to figure out how to leverage uh, social networking in your advertising. Now, Flock is based on um, on the Firefox system. Um, will like, as an SEO, I use tons and tons of extensions. Are you going to be opening up like that for for people to develop extensions? Are the extensions that are being built for Firefox compatible? Is is there any move to make them compatible? Um, so that we can gain that advantage as well? Hey, um, absolutely. Uh, we are Firefox underneath. It's exactly the same code. Uh, there are some extensions here and there that don't work with Flock, and we ask people to let us know what those ones are. Usually it's because the version number hasn't been set properly in, in an install.rdf file. It's usually a trivial matter. The majority of extensions that work with Firefox work with Flock. There are some extensions, very few, it's early days, that are built specifically for Flock, we have an open API. Um, any developer that wants to go to developer.flock.com and take a look at the API and build an extension that leverages some of Flock's features, absolutely. Uh, we're wide open, and we've, we've got some efforts towards uh, a decent API that people can consume. So, yeah, you can use most of them. You will run into the odd one, uh, odd Firefox one that doesn't work, and, uh, you know, let us know <laughs> if we pick them off one by one. But, uh, yeah, we're wide open, and we're, we, we've got an API and support for anybody that wants to uh, consume the API. Okay, friends, this is uh, Jim Hedger. I'm getting, again, message from the studio. We've gone 15 minutes over time, but thank goodness they love us. They let us do it. Um, that was Clayton Stark from Flock.com, and we were also joined by Rebecca Kelly from SEOmoz.org. Um, I don't even have time to, to talk our way out of here. I just have to say really quickly, this is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc.com. Thank you so much for joining us on, Web on Webcology this week. Uh, Rebecca and Clayton, thank you for being here. And friends, join us next week. We're going to be live from the floor of SES in Chicago. Um, for those of you who are not going to be in Chicago or going to be in Vegas, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>